The swamp without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast. Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tooney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome back to another day with MASH Minute, the Movies by Minute podcast analyzing the 1970 Robert Altman film, MASH. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Megan Coleman. And we've got a guest today! Yay! (laughs) Well, my name is Chris Henry. I'm with the EAA Aviation Museum, and I am a giant MASH nerd. So, happy to be on. Oh, you're very qualified, and I I was going nuts because when we first started talking, I'm like, all right, aviation mer- nerd, it's MASH, of course, this will work <laughs> out. And you know when you watch the movie MASH looking for planes? Not, <laughs> not a lot of planes in this movie. <laughs> no, there's not. There's not. Not even a lot of helicopters, given that that is the symbol of it. <laughs> I, You know, it's odd. Yeah, oddly enough, there's the opening sequences are beautiful examples of of what helicopters did in korea though and uh oddly enough i actually worked for an air ambulance for years i actually worked on medical helicopters so yeah so not in korea but but in in pittsburgh they were slightly different scenarios but but still emergency uh patients flying in in a helicopter and yeah sort of got a little taste of what that must have been like this is for those at home I assume you're keeping up, but just in case you're like, wait, where are we? Why are we talking about the opening credits again? Don't worry. This is minute 34. (laughs) This is a minute that starts with a scene in the mess tent as the PA makes an announcement about the movie when Willie comes marching home. And it ends with a flashlight entering the OR during a blackout. So we're going to get some dramatic medical stuff, but not quite yet. First, we're going to finish Volmer's announcement touting... This lovely movie, which I haven't seen, but with this summary, how could I not? All the loves, laughs, laughs, and escapades of the willies who came marching home. <laughs> those sounded like awful movies that they would get in those uh, in the mash units. That just it sounded about World War II surplus. I think is what all that stuff was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. When Willie comes marching home, what bleh, I can't, but you know what I mean. But this movie, it, it is a 1950 movie, and it was a big hit. You know, it's a John Ford film. It, it's not eh, nothing, but I love the TV episodes where they get really excited to track down a movie, and that becomes like the entire <laughs> oh, yeah. part of the episode. <laughs> Mostly because uh, Alan Alda talks about how much Hawkeye loves Laura Tierney, and so you can just like pretend to my head oh yes yes i love uh, one of the scenes i always loved was uh it was in the show it was in the tv show but i think their uh, radar is trying to teach uh klinger how to use the announcements <laughs> oh yeah they're blowing into the thing and you can see the guys <laughs> in the swamp and they're just kind of like announcements coming you know and i think one of them's like knitting a sock or something and yeah. they start arguing he's like i've seen that movie and there's no you know whatever it is in that movie <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it's just a great scene i love that there's some, gr- uh, yeah. Someday we'll talk about the show for realsies, not minute by minute. <laughs> we'll we'll figure something out. 
That would be a very long minute if we were going to talk about all 11 oh and a half God. seasons of MASH. <laughs> yeah. I should do that math just out of like morbid curiosity. curiosity. <laughs> we're fans of the show and we keep going back and forth on this movie. I really love this setup while we're still outside the tent looking in. And my note is like, look how much there is to look at. I mean, there's Mulcahy in storage at the next table, and that's going Mm -hmm. to play into things. The way Houlihan blends into the tent until she sits down and slides onto the bench. And then all of a sudden you realize, like, what you're watching, what you're quote-unquote supposed to be looking at. I think it's really gorgeously done. Absolutely. And I always thought it was interesting, the folks who overall designed the sets on both the movie and then later the uh, the TV show, they went off of the best thing possible. They went off of, at first, uh, uh, Hornberger's pictures of his time in a mash unit in 8055th. So when they made the set, it's literally, they just copied his stuff. For example, The Swamp. There's never an episode where they tell you why it's named The Swamp. It's just, this was their tent, the swamp. And the reason is, is because Dr. Hornberger's tent was called the swamp. And there's actually pictures of the real swamp from 1952 in Korea. And I still don't know why it's called the swamp, but <laughs> I just thought that was really neat that it, when you look at a photo of MASH, of, of a section of the of the sets, it really does look accurate because all they did, they didn't know any better. They just copied the original photos from Korea and it worked out perfect. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's a gorgeous shot and it's just... Everything on the set is just, it just feels authentic. And for whatever reason, however they did it, they made it feel like everything's been there forever. You know, like, <laughs> it doesn't feel like that's a set that just suddenly came together. It feels like all this stuff has just been here forever. I don't know how they did that, but. It's funny because I feel like that is more in the movie than the TV show. The TV show is a little bit cleaner. Yes. Yes. And this movie, this is just a. a to go back to our second guest ever in Minute Four, like, this is just muddy everywhere and and I think part of it too I would have to obviously look at the details but it helps if you can actually just go to an army navy store and buy a bunch of cots (laughs) or or you know like when watching war movies the difference between the ones that could use actual material as opposed to painting the tent from REI olive drab <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. Yeah, absolutely and it, this definitely feels authentic it's so funny you mentioned that the dirt because we're building an exhibit in our museum uh, that's going to honor d-day so we we have a real willie's uh, army jeep that we rolled in and it's beautifully restored and the thing is just gorgeous but we were talking about one of the scenes in, in mash the movie when they're driving around in the mud and and my buddy who has restored this jeep is like i would never want my jeep to be dirty like that <laughs> and i'm like Aww. i was like you know jeeps that's what they did right you know <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I know, but oh my gosh, like I couldn't imagine getting my, my Jeep dirty. <laughs> there was a, probably around MASH era. No, it was a World War II Jeep for sale in my hometown, and I wanted it so badly. And I was like, begging my dad, I was like, Dad, Dad, we could be in the Memorial oh. Day Parade. Like, you like, don't no. understand. And he's like, you don't understand. You are not getting a car that you can mount a bazooka on. (laughs) I'm putting my foot down. (laughs) But how awesome would that be for traffic? I mean, just fantastic, (laughs) right? (laughs) And it was completely impractical. It didn't have a lid. The whole nine yards. But yeah, I um, grew up a total military history nerd and had watched all the movies. And I went for... uh, 
started running like when I was in my late 20s and I went for a run on the beach and I was like, this is going to be so much fun. Like running on the beach. All my friends who are serious runners talk about how wonderful it is to like run along the side of the ocean. And I came back after 20 minutes and I was just dripping sweat. And (laughs) everyone at breakfast was like, you okay? And I was just like, I need to rethink everything I've ever thought about amphibious landings because that stuff is impossible (laughs) to move on. (laughs) I ran for 20 minutes on like uh, one of the islands in North Carolina and I was just like, I'm done. I don't understand how anyone has ever invaded anywhere. (laughs) It all just looks so exhausting. (laughs) It's so exhausting. (laughs) Oh, but that's yeah, funny. it was just one of those things, and it was like, okay, I'm beginning to understand why this was more complicated. And I wasn't even carrying a pack, so yeah, it's. <laughs> I, you know, I never thought about it. That's funny that you mentioned that. I never thought about how hard it would have been to run off the beach on D-Day. That's a that's an interesting uh, thought. Yeah, there, that yeah. That would have been tough to run in that stuff. Forget Nazis. <laughs> Just running up the yeah. beach would have been enough yeah. to like make me turn around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're carrying, you know, like eighty pounds of stuff. Oh you know? god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Today's recommendation is to go read Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carried and yes. have your back hurt instead of <laughs> And now you've also you forever changed like saving Private Ryan for me. Every time I look at that, I'll be like <laughs> God, they were probably so tired just running up the beach. <laughs> Their feet were just moving in directions that they weren't trying to do. Exactly. So you're constantly compensating. <laughs> Maybe the adrenaline helped. I don't know, but I'm I'm sure that God. yeah, I'm sure yeah. that the large scale ammunition being fired at you. Probably, <laughs> yes, probably, that's probably some That'll motivating factor yeah. right there, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Reasons I, need... I could never be in the military. I'd be dead in five seconds. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, I just need a minute. Guys, I can't. <laughs> What's going on? I'm too scared. Boom, Nazi kills you. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Well, that was oh, easy. All yeah. right. <laughs> oh, good. Oh. I'm dead now and don't have to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just going to wait on the boat and ride back. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, why don't you send me in to clean up after? I yeah, do that. This looks, I'll, I'll I'll get dinner going. Yeah, and, you know, and you guys are gonna be hungry after all this. So. Exactly, I'm right. gonna be good at KP. Yeah, I will gladly peel potatoes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, uh I can transition, except I've called attention to it. But Woo. whatever, I'm still excited. Peeling potatoes. In the mess tent. <laughs> so Hawkeye, I'm I'm going to kind of skip ahead, but not really. Uh, just to point out that Hojan is bringing Hawkeye his meal. Yeah. So Hojan is a servant. This isn't some nice, we're training him to be a bartender. He's yeah. helping out. Like, no, come on, dude. Like, he's getting your tray for you. Yeah, that sounds yeah. that sounds more than a bartender. <laughs> yeah, and I I will get to a question about what Hawkeye's eating in a future minute. But for now, I just want to watch this amazing face acting that is going on between Sally Kellerman and Donald Sutherland. He starts out. So my <laughs> my first problem is. His line, you know, you already joined me, gorgeous. You're a sight for sore eyes. Is so friendly and so charming, but also so sexist. (laughs) (laughs) And he has this like weird, goofy, goofy smile on his face too, with like his hands up on his face, like, hey. 
Yeah, and she's like, a like, superior. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> well, also, it just, like, his look just reminds me, like, you know, the stereotypical, like, teenage girl from the 60s being like, Paul McCartney, you know, like, John <laughs> Lennon, like, you know, not, not, oh, see, hey, I major. absolutely, you're a sight for sore eyes on the way he is. He is so tired. And, and I mean, I, I'm not saying he I've doesn't look tired. on this, like, yeah. <laughs> I, he is I, tired. I, I am the child of a I am the chi- I am the mother of a child. See, I can't even say it. <laughs> We're so tired, Charity. We can't even do it. And I have been. We're exhausted that from tired. storming Normandy Beach still. So <laughs> where you're like trying to be friendly and it's coming off weird, but you're too tired to even care to try and fix it. <laughs> oh, like when someone left a sticky note on my car that said, "Don't worry so much." Oh jeez! <laughs> and I was like, "How tired do I look right now?" Yeah. I'm actually was having a good day because I went to King Arthur and got some food, and my kid cooperated. Okay, <laughs> Megan. They recently moved what floor I'm on in my office, and I got on the on the elevator going in the wrong direction three times in the past 24 hours. I, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I only got onto the elevator twice, and I only started moving once. But I pressed the wrong button, and the elevator came, and I had to realize that that was not the direction I wanted to go in. Oh, no. Three times. That's not fun. So, I definitely did not read this that way. I read this as him just being... I mean, he's tired, but I don't know. This is the way that he just is, like, staring at her. It's just, like, kind of puppy-doggy kind of... Hmm... Yeah. Which maybe it's the tired. Maybe he's just so like, oh, thank God, I don't have to look at another dissected bowel. But like, yeah. <laughs> no offense and, to, and to Margaret, is, but <laughs> this is going to come up as things progress with Margaret and her relationship with the men of Mash. But the scene as a whole is part of. We know that Hawkeye finds Major Margaret Houlihan attractive. Yes. We're going to get to watch his awesome face as he realizes that he does not like her as a person. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he, she's pretty. And in a way that he appreciates and likes and under different circumstances and another time and place. And <laughs> so I think there is part of this is his exhausting, like, yeah, I'll flirt, whatever. And then it immediately goes south. But <laughs> I wonder if this awkward sexist but not in the overt way that most of these guys are <laughs> is part of what face sally kellerman is making because she looks so awkward like she looks like she doesn't know how to respond and then it's a relief when he asks where she's from yeah and then she just kind of shuts him down yeah. <laughs> well you see yeah. her visibly be like aha aha he asked me he, he said something and i know how to <laughs> answer. answer this I also wonder how many times she's gotten a question like this, too, from like, exactly. other people. Yeah. This is a line that she has come up with over the years right. that she's clearly proud of, that yep. she likes to think of she's, the army as her Yeah, own. she's a little too excited about that answer, in my opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's the army, not even like, oh, she doesn't want to keep it vague, like Indiana or anything right, like that. Yeah. It's like, it's the army. No. <laughs> well, the TV show does a really good job of kind of Taking this one line and fleshing it out into a whole character. I mean, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Where where Margaret Houlihan, she truly does believe the army is her home. Yeah, there is that line. And we see that throughout yeah. all 11 seasons. It's one of the few things that actually stays consistent on that character. <laughs> that's true, because there, there's a line with Potter, I think it is, where she talks about how she was born in khaki diapers or something mm-hmm. like that, you know? Yep. 
yeah, and absolutely. And then at the end, she's not sure if she should continue because she's never known anything else. Right, yeah, it's true. Well, and I think it, it's something else that, and I don't know, I mean, I, but I think maybe what they pulled the character from, if, you know, if there was a person that the, the real Hot Lips was based off of, was the fact that women serving on a frontline unit in the military was so new that I could see women making sure, I, I guess thinking maybe along the lines of they want to make sure they set this amazing example because they're the first of their kind. I mean, it's just like the wasps in World War II. They were, mm-hmm. they didn't have time for that nonsense. They were trying to make sure they set such a great record for folks to come behind them because they wanted this to continue. I mean, it seems like maybe she was just a, she went maybe too hard over on it, you know, I mean, throughout the show. But but I think that's where it started. It, I think it came from a good place where, it, and even in the show, she was always very proud of the fact that, I mean, you know, the nurses who served in Korea on the mm-hmm. front lines, that was that was such a new thing. I mean, you know, at least in, you know, in, in actual combat. I mean, mass units were in combat. And I, I don't know. I mean, I just think that maybe that, that the real person it was based off of was so just, she was very proud. I mean, she there, there's never a time in that show where you don't see her as absolutely proud of what she's accomplished and what her nurses have accomplished. And, and I think maybe that's where it comes from, is a big source of pride. And also, unfortunately, she's probably getting hit on a ton, <laughs> both in the movie and in the show. And it's like, you know what? This is a woman who's just there to do her job and not be hit on. <laughs> so I think that's a very important distinction. I was thinking not just that she has risen and she is one of the first in setting an example, but also... Houlihan has this is her career and we've talked about the difference between doctors who are drafted in Korea and career army doctors or career military chaplains and Margaret always wants to set this of you know how men make this their career I have made it my career I am not here doing my bit before falling in love and going home and having babies yeah exactly exactly she is drawing that distinction where in, you know, the stereotype of World War II is, yeah, all the women freeing up men for the front in uniform, but then that's it. It's for the duration. And Margaret is always, no, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. This is my life, not just for the few years that I'm over here. Absolutely. I mean, and it was the job that they did and the other women, the jobs that they did in the service, I mean, started in World War. I mean, I mean, it goes back to World War One, but yeah. but really geared up for World War Two, and then in Korea even more so and, and Vietnam even. But I just think they were so proud that pride, they just didn't even, for the most part, I mean, I'm not speaking for everybody, of course, but I think they were just like, they wouldn't dream of messing with that because they were so proud of what they were doing. And there were probably naysayers that were just waiting around the corner to try to wait for them to screw up to get, you know, to gig them on anything that they, oh, didn't, they didn't want to give them that chance, you know, and that's how I read a lot of when you see a lot of Margaret kind of reaming out her nurse and stuff, but it's, it's never just to do it. It's always because someone's doing it to her as well, or there was an inspection coming or there's some reason why she's that way. You know, she's doing that. I think it is. I think there's a lot of responsibility on her shoulders to be sort of of a, of a mentor for the nurses coming behind her. We're getting really deep into that. (laughs) (laughs) It's fair. It's fair. I, I can make it a little bit more shallow of, I just love watching Hawkeye's face as he reacts. And then he's like, oh, okay. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. I just have to point out, God bless the care. Hawkeye Pierce is trying to connect to this woman. Yes. <laughs> he is. Sometimes he doesn't try. He's given up on Burns. He's over with him and he's about to be over with her. But like, God bless him. He is. 
he's trying, he's like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. She's different than you. You kind of knew that when she sat down, just get through this conversation. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Gonna be okay. <laughs> like, and what I really love is the next thing when she says, I've been observing you. And his response is, I know I saw you. It's like, no, he's no dummy. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah he's rubbing his eyes. He's doing some busy work with the glasses. He's super casual. He's like, oh, let's change the subject after you say the army is your home when <laughs> I do not want to be here. But he's not stupid. And that's one of the things I've always loved about the Hawkeye Houlihan dynamic. Yeah. They yeah. are equals in a way that she isn't with a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she has met her match in Hawkeye. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. <laughs> and They're vice versa. literally coming from opposite ends. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If they had anything in common, they'd probably get along great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like what was interesting was that I always thought the relationship, and I and I know, I, I don't know if it's some sort of, I, I'm, this is my first time on the show, so I don't know if it's a sin to, to talk about the show as well as the movie. No, but, uh, we, it but, <laughs> Okay, good. It happens. But you know, where, Haw- where Hawkeye and Frank Burns, that relationship was, you know, what it was. They didn't like each other as people. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye and, and Margaret, they didn't really always like each other's people. but Well, and I think deep down when the rubber met the road, they did. There was a respect there. Yeah. yeah. And, but there was Not always there a respect. Right. And, but there was always a respect in Margaret's work or in Hawkeye's work as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was always a professional, you know, he's a fantastic doctor or vice versa nurse. And uh, I thought that was interesting that they could have very easily put Frank Burns and Margaret just together in the same boat, but they didn't. They put that little... I don't know, they kind of carved out a little area where it's like, yeah, Margaret's not the same, they respect each other's work, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and I think part of this, again, I don't know how much of it, but I think this scene is a lot of it, even just this minute. There is this thing of of recognition in each other that we're about to destroy. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to go so well. being like, and they've obviously interacted before, and it's like, okay, we're not hitting it off. I don't think we agree on a lot of things, but by gosh, we're going to try. We're going to have this conversation in the mess tent. We're going to be friendly. <laughs> when the other one says something that throws us for a loop, we're just going to kind of change the subject yep. or turn our next answer to something that's easier, and we're about to <laughs> ruin what little goodwill groundwork has been laid here because she asks what he thinks of the nurses on his shift, which he already, like I said, I really love this back and forth between them of they're anticipating each other in a way that's really exciting to watch, but it cuts to, we're going to hear their conversation over seeing the OR, seeing the lights go out. It's the second time this week, apparently. (laughs) Maybe this is my modern brain, but the minute I saw this, I was like, whoa, shouldn't loss of electricity be a way bigger problem? But actually, probably there isn't a lot of electrical equipment in these ORs. In fact, is there any in the OR itself? Besides the lights? I mean... Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's it's more than likely, I mean, because it's a mashed unit, it's all run off of a generator. Oh, yeah. I mean, so there's no permanent hard wire into anything. No, I, it, I, I've I spent some time, I've interviewed a few mashed veterans, actual mashed veterans from Korea. A couple of them have, have talked about 
losing power and having to come in and help hold flashlight and things like that for surgery. It's just amazing. Mainly the guys I talked to were the pilots who would fly helicopters into the, to the units. And, and they said when they weren't flying, because at night they couldn't fly, they would come and try to help mm-hmm. out OR if it was a big session. And, uh, and Richard Kirkland was one of the guys who uh, mentioned he had to come in a few times and help hold a flashlight or two. And uh, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I just couldn't imagine <laughs> operating under that conditions. Oh, my gosh. Part of me is like, we'll just turn the show over to you. You can just recount stories you've heard, and that'll be fine. I'm, I was just gonna say, I'm honored to be here with you guys. This is uh, <laughs> this is so fun. You guys are just this is just a cool show. I'm I'm excited to be on it with you. Yay! Well, thank you for joining us. Did you have anything else for this particular minute? Because you know, spoilers for our listeners. We're dragging you back in for more. <laughs> that's awesome. I, that's awesome. I, I don't. This is just. I, I, this, I'm getting my rookie uh, episode out of the way here, and uh, okay. I, I'll, I'm sure I'll have more. Uh, more on the next one for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Well then, and I'm checking my dates, and it looks like this is a Friday episode, so we're going to cliffhang our listeners dun, for a couple dun, dun. days. <laughs> <laughs> Who shut Jr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was Frank. No, I was kidding. Um. <laughs> you do not need a nug. <laughs> For those who can't wait a weekend, go to mashminute.com and just listen to all the back episodes. Enjoy. That's our website. It's kind of a catch-all. I'm hoping that I will be growing a guest, you know, little bios of who we're talking to and... Maybe if we ever can get in touch with some of these vets or different stories, we can share them there. So I don't know what it looks like at this point because we record in advance. So I'm not sure how it's grown. It's going to be amazing. By the time you're hearing this. Yes, I'm sure it's great. Great. You're going to do great. (laughs) But yes, come back for minute 35 and you will hear Chris, Megan, and I talking even more about this movie.